0: master planning agency, Free State. And welcome to the Free Thinking Podcast for city makers, brand builders and storytellers. This first series is really just a big excuse to spend time with some of my heroes and to find out how they plan to reignite the post-pandemic city. Today, who better than Roger Madeline? legendary developer behind London's trailblazing King's Cross and now Canada Water where he is creating the first new high street in a hundred years. He talks about the idea of always meanwhile, the importance of facilitation rather than over curation and the idea of a new roaring 20s. Hello Roger. You're in in the office now aren't you? I'm in the office yeah. (sighs) Crazy times. Right.
1: So, um, nice, actually, you can get you can get straight to the kitchen, use the microwave, coffee machine and the loo. Yeah, there's no one around. It's fantastic. It's yeah. No, no, no distractions. No, no fellow
0: workers. To get in the well,
1: there's, there's a few. There's a few in the Canada Water Team, which is great. So we've yeah. already had those um, gentle conversations that are so,
0: so important. It's right. It's true, isn't it? Chance encounters. Who would have thought it was chance encounters that was the key to workplace joy? You know, it's like it's like stairs. A a friend of ours works in a Lendley's building in in Barangaroo in Sydney. And they've got this lovely stairs winding its way through it. And he says, you know, he keeps bumping into people on the stairs. He hadn't realised what an important part of his day that was. Well,
1: I can I can tell you before I met Mike and Peter Freeman, who founded Argent in 1981 as a TV production business, um, they uh, as they morphed into a property business because the TV production business wasn't very successful, um, they took some office space in a little uh, building in Savile Row and on the staircase they met a gentleman um, called Chuck Feeney yep. who uh, founded the duty-free shopping empire who had a little investment arm um, yep. in that building uh, with yep. a lovely chap called Michael Grunel. Anyway, they became the first investor in Argent and Michael here you know, became a director and you know, we, we worked with them uh, until we left the stock market in 1997. So yeah. that was the stairs. And then in the uh, very tough recession of the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Peter's brother, Michael, went out to the States and traveled all around with you know, various people trying to find investors in, yeah. in a great business idea we had of buying. You know, high yielding property with very secure tenants yes. for it. Lots of money and, you know, it wasn't very successful. Uh, and then Peter had a conversation with someone literally over his garden fence in Kensington who um, said, oh, I, you know, I'm acting for Warburg Pincus and they invested in Argent. So, you know, just two, two Argent things. Um, yeah. Um, fence and staircases, and you know, the number of people I I bump into where conversations have, have just happened and uh, extraordinary events, not necessarily immediately, but sometimes yeah. people say, "Oh, I bumped into you," you know, you yeah. know, and uh, then they get hold of you. And in fact, I had I had one today, but you know, I, I can't tell you about
0: that because it's super exciting. Ah, oh, well, Roger, it's lovely to have you here. It's nice for you to join me, and I think that that thing about. Oh, chance encounters and the nature of cities, because like, you know, we talk, people talk a lot about, you know, the the city in terms of its scale or or organisation or, but in many ways, it seems that the thing we're most missing is those chance encounters. And so I'm wondering, once we're out of this stifling world and we're back out in the city, you know, I remember you telling me about the the idea that that, that it's going to be a new roaring 20s, a new jazz age. And I wonder, you know, if you could tell me a bit more about that, because I like the optimism of that
1: Thought? Well, I'm not the first person to come up with the Roaring Twenties, but I was one of the first people to start using it because I, I heard it from a very bright uh, mathematician who is doing some work for the government uh, yeah. last summer. I think it might have been June. Uh, yeah. And this was when I first heard this scenario that lockdown might finish on the 1st of July when they'd modeled yeah. the vaccine rollout. And, uh, and then they said they are they are also doing a model where the economy bounces back pretty quick. You know, and it's a bit like the 1920s. And we just said, wow, it's going to be the roaring 20s again, hopefully without the end yeah. of you know 1920s. Um, but, uh, of course, this time, a bit like the last you know, roaring 20s, you know, we've got 20 percent or so of the population you, who are very severely yeah, uh, economically, socially, uh, mentally um, you know, distraught and um, and how we kind of can bring them with yeah. the exciting business opportunities that uh, that, that evolved, You evolved, know, I think, from probably late late spring this year. And, yeah. and there will be many because all these shops that are closed, yeah, not all of them are going to open, yeah. but you know, a lot of them will, will reopen when people start. Walking past them and coming back in the offices, and uh, yeah, you know, there is a lot of money around. You know. yeah, but yeah. the difference this time is, well, it's a bit like the end of the First World War. You know, there's still a lot of private money around yeah. in the twenties. Yeah. You know, governments were completely indebted, uh, but you know there is huge sums of money, corporate and personal. Um, you know, and you know, for quite a few people, you know, you've heard it today, didn't you, on the news of uh, Bank of England. Yeah. Mentioned that you know, a lot of people have been saving huge, huge sums of money. You know, not, yeah. not, not, commuting, not going out, not, yeah. not taking holidays, and and I do think um, there are going to be very exciting economic activities. And as I said, it's just you know, trying to make sure we we can help you know those you know who have really suffered as a result of this pandemic, of, of which there is a significant yeah. minority, which
0: which we yeah. mustn't forget. But well, it's interesting that thing then about you know how one might help because I think you know I remember you talking about you know the high street you're building which I think is the first high street in over a hundred years and that I suppose with more redundancy. With more space then it becomes a story that's less about retail and hospitality and entertainment but then there could be things about about education about health healthcare about workplace becoming part of that cluster and i wondered how that's your thinking's changed over the last year in terms of what this ideal high street might involve and how you might start testing that out
1: well i don't know if we're build, building the first high street in 100 years it's just that we can't actually think of when anyone built any any high street because most of them that, that we know certainly in the villages that are London, you know, have have evolved in mainly from coaching routes going back hundreds and hundreds of of years. Yeah. Um, but um, someone came up with the first new high street in a hundred years. It, it's a new high street, and that is yeah. a, an amazing opportunity and and we you know this. Oh my goodness! Retail's dead, you know, because of COVID. You know, come on! You know, when I was involved in the early days of King's Cross, you know, we worked, wrote papers about retail and how the internet was going to completely, cha- completely yeah. change it. And yeah. you know, every retail outlet, you know, had to have some kind of of activity going on in it that couldn't be replicated on yeah. the web. It had to have some kind of theatre. It had to, you know, involve the customer yeah. in something different. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'm not the first one, again, you know, to say this is a this is a a huge acceleration, kick up the arse, a kick in the teeth, for some of some of the retailers. But all the things that you can't do on the web, um, such as getting your teeth fixed or your eyes fixed, or or learning as well, experiencing, Mm. you know, how you make glass or how you prepare food in a different way or how you cook or how you roast. I remember when. Caravan came up to Kings Cross. They were a bit worried about the number of customers, and they said, "You know, we're going to we're going to grind coffee in you know, a thousand square feet at the back of the shop, you know, yeah. because you know, no one's going to you know, want to sit there and drink coffee and pay money, and um, yeah, you know, then we're going to have barista courses." And I said, "You're joking!" Well, and they said, "No, no, no. People really want to know all about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> sad people." And I said, "No, he's going. To, you know, we've got a queue of people that want to come in." You know, on a, on a Saturday and a you know, you know, birthday present for someone that's got you know, mm-hmm. everything. And you, you look at a lot of retail businesses. There are opportunities to teach and involve people, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just food and coffee, but you know, whether it's music or whether it's clothes mm-hmm. or whether it's you know, jewellery or whether it's you know, glass blowing And, yeah, yeah. and using, using the premises mm-hmm. for activities other than just saying, here are my products. Yeah. and they're for sale you know it just that that can be done on the web yeah. but yeah. you've got to be able to understand where they come from as yeah. as well as all the things that you know people are still going to physically have to be in there mm. we love the idea of kind of living over the shop as well
0: yeah, yeah. i think
1: yeah. you know if you if we can do some designs where we say to someone look you know this this is where you live this is where you work you know kind of like op- open all hours we're not mm. going to you know, charge huge rents but in fact we probably probably won't charge any base rents you know just be all share of turnover which is yep. what what I did at Brindley Place in the late 90s and we rolled into King's Cross and you know we've been talking at British land certainly Canada Water might be the first British land development that you know had no no base rents and everything was on turnover this was this yep. was you know way before Covid mm. um, and so the landlord and the and the customer occupier, you know, can can really understand how to work together yeah. to get the footfall and to get the yeah. get the customers going in and spending yeah. money, not necessarily on the product, but the experience yeah. or learning yeah. about the experience.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Roger, that's sort of obviously music to my ears. I I, I love the idea of that so that partnership. Because, you know, sharing in the story, sharing the idea that this will be time well spent. And it's a blur of things, you know, whether I'm, you know, which things about like a laneway in Melbourne always feel like they do that ever so well, where, you know, it might be coffee in the morning, yoga studio in the afternoon, evening classes come six o'clock and a dance club in the morning. And I think, you know, what, what you're talking about there is that kind of essentially a model that everybody is part of and you're helping everybody to step forward but i remember you telling me that the critical thing is to not over curate too you're you're facilitating but you're not making all the decisions and i'm interested in that can you tell me a bit about that where where you draw the line
1: well you don't you don't have to get to um, an old age before you realize that you know very little and um, lots of people you meet know a hell of a lot more, more about yeah. all sorts of things, and and I think the job for a developer is is to facilitate, you know, just to allow great people to come up with brilliant ideas, whatever they are, you know. Yeah. I, I know that yeah, barista thing. Everyone's going like, oh, you know, well that's you know, that's kind of a, everyone does that now. But when I first met the caravan guys, I thought they were crazy. But I didn't think you're crazy. There is no way. I just thought you're crazy, mm-hmm. but that's actually quite interesting. You know, you, mm-hmm. you guys really think there's a market in teaching people how to bloody roast coffee and grind it and, yeah. and make it. And they they kept saying, you know, try this coffee, Roger. You know, this is from, you know, such and such a foothill of you know, Costa Rica or Rwanda. And I go like, yeah, yeah. Just give me just give me a coffee. You know, I know what coffee is. But I thought <laughs> these guys have got something. And you know, whether yeah. it's cheese or wine, or, we went to see a. Uh, someone that gets all his grapes obviously from places where you get grapes uh, but he makes all the wine um, mm. down there in Bethnal Green you know and ah. um, you know so uh, and then obviously you can try it and, and buy it and uh, you can you can learn how to make it you know yeah. things like that you know um, there aren't many you know, retail experiences that couldn't evolve into some kind of experiential teaching mm. learning yeah. um you know, broader yeah broader thing you yeah. know and, and if it doesn't work you know it's the ground floor of a six-story building and you know we've put some some other use in there i think you know adaptable well-designed spaces that, that can yeah. change and evolve you know should yeah. should help us
0: to to get a good exciting high street where people want to come Yeah. So I suppose it's the adaptable space, isn't it? And then then it's also you're interested in helping to amplify it too, isn't it? Because there's a there's part of the storytelling bit going on here, isn't there? That it's it's the story of that individual unit, but also how you cluster it together with the other stories to support one another. And that feels like, you know, that's places brand as much as anything, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I remember in the early early days of King's Cross, uh, we had a one in one in five theory, so we said every unit would be something unique. Uh, every fifth unit would probably be a, a independent-minded multiple, so someone that just wanted to try something a little bit different, or, or maybe it would look a bit different. Every fifth unit, it would probably be their second or third operation where they'd, they'd learned a bit and they were trying to. So every fifth unit would would really be more of a. Uh, experiential, you we know, possibly couldn't buy anything, you know, whether it's a little museum or a little education yeah. process uh, and, and the other uh, fifth, you know, would be just an out-and-out out cafe, eatery and yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, but then we also wanted other places that you know, might only last a month. So yeah. you could almost guarantee that whenever you went to King's Cross, you yeah. know, you would find something different. And you can say to your friend, "Oh, I went up there. There's this stuff up there, you know." But yeah, and someone else would go up there and go, "Yeah, blooming wasn't there anymore." You go, "Well, you're sorry, you're a bit late." But there was this other thing up there. Yeah, and I think that. Yeah, you, know, you obviously don't want people to go bust to, to, to make that happen. But yeah, you know, some people are going to go bust, or you know, mm-hmm. some people aren't going to punch above their weight, or it's not going to be yeah. quite successful. You know, one of the big issues is, you know, probably a third of the people you you. Do business with you know, are going to shoot the lights out. A third of them are, and, and how do you help them expand? Yeah,
0: a yeah.
1: A third of them are not going to do well and you know, we'll have to wind up or you know, or move on. Yeah. And a third will be mediocre. <laughs> and then it's yeah. kind of like yeah. dealing with the mediocre people, it's probably more difficult. You know, yeah. you're okay, you know, you're <laughs> paying the bills, you know, but yeah, oh, come on, you know, pull your socks up a bit or try yeah. something different and.
0: How much? How much do you model this as a program? Because when your your body language there is you're going, you know, there's this and this and this, and then there's, you know, is it worked out? Do you begin to work it out as a program of there's these big unit, big characters? They're gonna better give me my, you know, I don't know 16 hour day. There's these other ones that will come and go over these three months. I mean, or is that a more instinctive thing? And you sort of you adapt it as you go on.
1: Uh. Well, I've got um, young, bright colleagues that um, are very good at spreadsheets and business plans, and um, um, I'm not very good at those kind of things. I, I like the flip charts, but I'm sure mm. they will, they will want to put them into some kind of uh, model, mm. uh, because at the end of the day, you know, we have to convince people that you know our ideas are are yep. worthy of them giving us. Lots of money or, you know, taking a little bit more risk perhaps than, yeah. than they're used to. Um yeah. I I will constantly fight for serendipity yeah. you know, over the spreadsheets. But um yeah, you know, it's it's a combination. You're gonna to have to have some some modelling, we're gonna to have to have some um you know, uh, steady eddies, I guess. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with steady eddies are there, but you know, you might yeah. Might want to try and encourage the steady eddies to be a, a little bit more um, enthusiastic for their own good. Yeah. But you know yeah. if they're not the steady eddies, you know, and yeah. the world needs steady
0: eddies, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing. The thing about being enthusiastic is what we've learned over the last few months is, you know, that need to step forward more. You know, that want to, you know, to be you know, to be putting on new ideas, to be putting, leading with event, leading with exhibition. And I think, you know, I remember you and I talked about this before about it's all temporary, that fundamentally all these things are meanwhile at some level and actually often use those smaller characters that one learns from that and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that can be is a sort of process of sort of iterative gain. That feels like a a model that a lot of us could learn from. In terms of those small i suppose it's perpetual field test or is that yeah, too well, simplistic to, to,
1: to use a probably a bit of an inappropriate word isn't it you know ho- hopefully you know, innovation becomes infectious and and uh you know if, if some some of the retailers kind of go like yeah they're having a really good time or yeah they were packed the other night you know wonder what they're doing you know why why aren't we trying something like that yeah. um and i you know i, I was with a Old friend who I've known since the age of three. Yesterday cycling on, he was telling me a story. It was this bike shop when we were kids. We always used to go up there, and, and Mr. Field was the grumpiest, most negative. Yeah, the answer was always no, 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 can't do that, no, no. Anyway, he was my mate was telling me he went in and was, yeah, it was bought a new bike or a second-hand bike with his dad. You know, it was twenty-six quid or something like that. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, Mr. Field said, look, I, I'll drop him off at your house. You know, have them both for the weekend." Yeah. You know, you know, Come back on Monday and tell me which one you like. Mister Field, you know, he'd never do anything innovative like that anyway. So, yeah, it, it was a that's a little story. But yeah, even yeah. bike shops. Come on, yeah, here, like yeah, you know, I buy lots of stuff on on online now for my bike. But there's nothing better than going in a bike shop and seeing okay. seeing the latest. And there's a, there's a smell in a bike shop, isn't there? There's yeah, yeah, The, yeah. the rubber tyres and stuff, <laughs> and, and yeah, just getting your bike sorted out just instantly isn't. It? But yeah. yeah, there's always going to be
0: a reason to go in a bike shop because i think i think that's right and and it's those visceral things isn't it you know sort of multi-sensory multi-dimensional it's like you know what wonderful ross bailey does with appear here who'd have thought that the journey down into old street roundabout old street tube station would be a moment of delight and yet you come to look forward to it because of all those market stalls and the fact there's startups and small and local and independent it, there's joy in that it, and it slows you down a bit and there's more likelihood of serendipity and I think it's those things isn't it that become moments of ignition for start you know ch- ch- I suppose chance encounters because it's things to talk about isn't it you know. it's, well, it's people to
1: meet you know I think one of the you know again not original but you know if you're if you're 15 to 30 and single mm. you know the, the chances of meeting you know people over this blooming lockdown. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. just been a nightmare. But you know, standing in a queue, you know, waiting mm-hmm. for your you know, come on, all of all of those social in, interactions, mm-hmm. you know, standing in the sunshine, waiting for your, yeah. you know, your latest street food thing or, you know, yeah. experiencing something, you know, it's just gonna people are gonna be laughing at. Yeah. If if it's done well, you know, if it's done well, so and it's and it's a good experience that people feel it's yeah, it's money well spent and time well spent. But yeah. this, you know, social interactions uh, have have been pent up. I am a bit worried that you know, a lot of younger people, you know, I've got uh, young sons or relatively young. You know, they they don't seem to be missing the social interaction as much as I I think. That, yeah, you know, I I would have done. You know, when when we were younger, you know, like, yeah. you know if if we had a night in, it was like something was wrong, wasn't it? Like We're in. What the hell are we doing You're in here? You There's know, stuff going on outside, on the streets, in the pub, on you know, yeah. the way to the pub or the park, or, and oh, yeah. a night in was definitely. And now kids are uh, a night in. yeah, you know, They're on their you know, international you know, FIFA or whatever it is. Yeah. Thank goodness it's been around because I'm sure there would be bigger problems. But
0: um, yeah. I'm sure they will go out. I'm sure yeah. they like it. Yeah, well, I think so. And I think also that thing about, you know, making it curious, you know, I remember you walking around the, you know, the, the, the water's edge and then up into the you know the, gr- the green areas around canada water and in you know, every step we took already there were you know it there was such variety within those routes and I think that's something we've got to really fan haven't we you know to enjoy those constant moments of curiosity and almost you know in terms of time well spent you've got to start modeling it in terms of that kind of variety i suppose you know we've got to enjoy well, yeah, it. every
1: every corner there's a there's a story here in in, yes. in the history, there's a story in the people, isn't there? You know, yeah. you you bump into like a lot of places in London but you know, yeah. you've got some real characters. You know, you, you bump into you know, walking around Canada Water. You know, can't say salt of the earth. You know, they're just like any other place in yeah. London, just a real variety. And, and if you stop and spend time with uh, with people, you know, it's th- there's usually some moment of, of joy and surprise and humour, isn't it? Yeah. We're actually very good as, uh, as, as a nation at that when we stop
0: yeah yeah and that's the thing isn't it to slow it down a little bit that that's that well you know whether it's cycling to pedestrians to moments to linger there's a speed here in terms of how one ideally plans that i think it seems to be very important to to what you're talking about good seats
1: go you know good seats dry seats maybe warm seats how about that yeah about some outdoor seats that are warm on your bum yeah dry seats shelter you know away from the wind a little bit of cover you know maybe some yeah, you know, I'm not saying indoor shopping centres, but yeah, you know, you've got to realise that uh, mm. you know, we do get over a hundred days of uh, of rain. As uh, Sir Tim Smith said to me, he's been around yeah. Canada Water a few yeah. times, and he said you've got collective amnesia about how often it rains in London, Roger. Like hundred, hundred and fifteen days, I think, one minute, more than one millimetre. He said, yeah, yeah, you've got to have yeah. some shelter for, if you want yeah. people to come out, but. Um, uh, he is he is right, you know, we all think of the wonderful you know, yeah. summer and spring days where we sat outside and walking, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, places to, to spend time and not worry that you're getting freezing or wet or you know, dying yeah. for a pee, or you want a drink of water, you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you can do
0: that. I think that's why master plans need more storyboards, don't you think? I want to see, tell me about this in July, tell me about it in November, tell me about it when I'm in a rush, tell me when I've got time. And I think I mean is that something you 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 you've used much because you speak about things very much in terms of the journey and it sounds quite filmic. Is it is that a way you've looked at it before?
1: Yes, I do think people need a little bit of help sometimes to yeah. to say um, you know, what's going on, and that that's not just from a heritage point of view. You know that yeah. um, you know we're we determined to to, to do. Um, we've had some interesting chats with uh, Tesco and and others. You know every obviously mm-hmm. every. Week in in the world somewhere there's there's an interesting crop that um, yeah. you know comes ready and whether whether we get much more local here you know, because of sustainability but you know I've, I've I've loved the idea of you know when it's the right kind time of year you know to have an asparagus festival I don't particularly mm-hmm. like it but you know, or an onion festival or a, or a cauliflower festival or you know if, if yeah. and just say to people you know this is the season you know or yeah. apples obviously are easy or yeah. you know particular kinds of fish or uh, and I think just reminding people you know, what is going on in the world around them and then using that you know, for them to ex- experience if they want yeah not yeah. forcing yeah. everyone to eat cauliflower but you know uh, um, those massive orange cauliflowers that they have in the yeah. in the middle east israel and uh jordan and palestine and stuff you know they they you occasionally see them in some of the interesting shops in, in some parts of the, yeah. the flowers yeah and obviously asparagus is a big thing in uh, in northern europe isn't there we do. but, but uh, yeah, i
0: love all that stuff but I love this. I mean, this is this is hosting experiences. I, I, I remember uh, there was this guy who's a social listening guy, and he was telling me about King's Cross. And he said, "So how many people between the ages of sixteen and twenty-four take pictures of buildings? Because I was interested in to what extent, you know, to be, it, it, uh, is the architecture, the built environment, is how much is that important, and to what extent do people recognise that?" And he showed me that of his informations, I think it was seventy-six percent of all the images of King's Cross were of food, particularly caravan particularly you know they were talking about something visceral you know epicurean
1: heritage assets in the bloody world and people are taking a picture of their here's my yeah well nothing wrong with that is it and i
0: suppose that's the thing it's like a film set isn't it there's a foreground which is food and conversation and service and the mid-ground which is like interiors and the background is the architecture and the amazing history and it's it's about about how they work together isn't it I'll I'll interrupt.
1: There's a Brindley Place in Burby, which was Come the first kind of mixed use new piece of city that I was lucky enough to be involved with at Arj Argent. Yeah, we built this square, Brindley Place Square, uh, and we had, you know, four great office buildings around with restaurants on the ground floor and uh, and one of them was designed by Dimitri Porforio, so we couldn't get an old town hall and it you know, it kind of looked as though it'd been there a little bit longer and, and uh Central T V Went uh, through the square because yeah, you know, it was, became a very popular place for um, for everyone in and around Birmingham. And, and they asked this guy. They said, you know, what do you think of Brindley Place? And he said, oh, you know, I won't do the brummie accent. And, you know, he's oh, it's bright. You know, he said it's uh, fantastic. He brings his family here a lot, and when people come and visit him, he's very proud, and this is fantastic. And the interviewer said, you know, uh, and what do you think about the architecture? Yeah, yeah and he said, oh, I don't know. I've never noticed. <laughs> and the bloke said, "Yeah, well, have have a look round. Yeah, you know, Do you like any of the buildings?" And and he looked round and he said, "Oh, I like the old one over there, which was which was Demetrius." But the point is, mm-hmm. he never noticed yeah. the architecture. He never noticed the buildings because he was in a comfortable space, you know, yeah. that uh, that had places to sit, had cafes around it. Yeah. Know, and he brought his van. As it happens, he could park his car in a in yeah. car park. that generally, you know, your car was there when you came back, which was something that Birmingham hadn't quite. Uh, mm-hmm cottoned onto as a sales feature for car parks. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah, people yeah. very rarely notice architecture, but they but they have an instinctive uh, awareness of the spaces they're in yes. and the comfortableness of those spaces. And, and yeah, that's yeah. what we've got to get right at Canada Water. And, and I think we will. I think we we're off, off to a good start. You know, I, I've walked and lived through our master plan and you know, it feels pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's how it all kind of comes together. There was a lady, she was head of, head of uh, experience for Singapore Airlines, who are, of course, brilliant at this. And she said, as they were they, you know putting together the last um, drawings and last plans for Changi, was saying that a great experience is either memorable or forgettable. And I thought that was quite interesting. That it's forgettable when it's seamless, or memorable when it's joyous. And in some ways, maybe some of what you're talking about there is—is is that that you either do it seamlessly and everybody's comfortable with it, or you have those moments of highlights. And the architecture is just one channel within what you're up to here.
1: Seems very bright, lady. Yes, you know, right? Because you know, lo- lots of people, you know, just trying to get on with their day-to-day That's right. lives. You know, and you know, they haven't got time to have serendipity and bump into some shame, but, you know, people sometimes, you know, have full, you know, just trying to survive, just just trying to get through the day. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we will have direct, safe, clear, well-lit routes that, you know, take them from A to B and take them to their, you know, whether they want to get the kids or, you know, see elderly relatives or, you know, go to the chemist or, you know, go to the doctors, you know, yeah, all of that stuff's got to be, you know, super slick, super forgetful.
0: Yeah. That's right. Super forgetful. So tell me, so as a so closing things, uh, Roger, because I, I could talk to you all day, but there's so one thing that I Needs learning...
1: alcohol. Needs alcohol to keep me going much longer.
0: Right. <laughs> yes, well that that, that will what be that, <laughs> the next step. One day when we're out of this little rectangular box. So our post-pandemic, one thing I think that I, I learn a lot from you and I really like is this idea of testing and learning. And you seem comfortable with, with that. And, and maybe that's some about, you know, you've you've had enough time going around the block to have a think about that. But it seems that the nature of a lot of the people in our business, whether they're asset managers or risk managers or they're involved with a project to get it safely and smoothly to the end in a way that's most efficient and effective, aren't that great at testing and learning because fundamentally there's risk in that. And you make mistakes, and I'm interested in your thoughts on that because it does sound like we're only going to really connect with our audience, particularly in this uncertain world, if we have a go. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Um, I've,
1: I've, I've been extremely lucky. We um, really placed. We had a, we had a go at a few things, but um, at King's Cross, you know, there was. 56 acres of developable land. We used to say 67. years. there were buildings and spaces where we had to go at a lot of things, and some mm-hmm. of them, I I don't think any were a real disaster, but um, some of them weren't very successful, and we didn't try them again. But um, yeah, we had to go at a lot, and some just are still there because you know they're they're great and they were. I I, I think you know, Canada kind of the water we've got. Uh, fifty three acres, here you know, and and we, we will have a go. Yeah. You know, we're having a go again with global generation who did the skip gardens at yeah. King's Cross and, and they were determined, you know, they were not gonna, you know, parachute in and go, you know, with the Skip Garden from King's Cross. And I was determined as well. And they're doing the paper garden stuff and, and, and the way they are reaching into the communities and the school kids and you know we are starting actually to to think of some business Spin-offs from them, you know. We're not something going to commercialise them, and, and but uh, they they are going to infiltrate the whole of the Canada Water master plan, and and yeah. I hope beyond. Um, and some of the other things we have tried there, um, I I th- I think will will turn permanent. But yeah, you have to be a bit careful because yeah, nothing's permanent. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've I've had a big enough. Uh, train set I guess really to, to try stuff I don't I don't think I'm particularly um, yeah. well, I know I'm not particularly uh, innovative or um, or I've you know, just just had a lot of stuff you know yeah, yeah. I, I like people coming coming with ideas and, and yeah. most of the time as long as it doesn't cost us too much money you go yeah well, give it a go yeah', <laughs> if yeah, it's, yeah. If it's rubbish we'll, we'll just put you in a corner and forget you so and that's had, great had
0: and give, yeah, giving them the opportunity of being open to that, because that's the thing, you know, you're talking about quite an open platform there. But I also like the way that a lot of these examples are, are very activist led, aren't they? You know, global generation, they're, they're, they're out there confronting their audience, having a go. It's it's a story of activism. It's not a kind of, you know, design it and leave it, is it? It's really, really hands on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I guess I'm still a bit of a of a rebel activist. Too. Went on strike, you know, as a paper boy and stuff like that. But you know, the the print works as well. I remember when they said, you know, yeah, in the print hall, you know, we're going to turn this into the UK's you know, most amazing music venue. <laughs> music venue. I mean, yeah. you know you're joking? And they went, no. So they would give it a go. And I remember the um, the board of British Land said, you you've, you've got what? You've got three thousand <laughs> people coming to a music event. you know, like, what? Yeah, you know, what about? I said, look, we've looked at the crowds. We've got all the licensing, but the immediate reaction of some of my colleagues here was like, "What are we doing? I'm going to be yeah. fine. If it's not fine, we won't do it again." But you know, let's, yeah, let's let's just try it. You know, and as long as you try it in a professional way, yeah, you, know, you, you do have to you know, get all of the health and safety uh, and all of those issues you know sorted out. It's not you know, yeah, I can come up with ten ideas and you know, lots of those goes in the go in the bin because a lot of hard work goes yeah. You know, Goes alongside them to make sure that some of this serendipity, some of these little things, we try, Adam. Yeah, actually, they yeah. they might look as though we're just trying them, but you know, don't don't forget that some some poor colleague, you know, has to yeah. do the work and get all the um, all, all the plans in place and insurances and stuff like that. We, yeah, you know, that that's quite a big resort. I did get a bit of pushback yeah. at Kings Cross from yeah. from some of my you know, favorite colleagues up there. They go, Rog, just shut up for a few months, can you not?" We've got so much
0: to try and work through. You know, we've got some ideas as well. Like, just show up. All right, I will. But that is, yeah, that is the High Street is a venue, though, isn't it? And I mean, that is thrilling that so many people who may well come and live and work in Canada Water may well have first clubbed there or gone to a secret cinema event there. That's how they found out about it. And it repositioned it in their minds because it was so attractive. And I, I think that's very exciting. Yeah, we do as well. No, I think well I think I partly uh,
1: because of what Canada Water is and got around it and I think partly because of the times we're in, you yeah, know, the health and well being and, and the retail and the post COVID. You know, I am I am more excited about Canada Water than than King's Cross because of because of all of the issues that are now so important and so uncertain. I was very excited about King's Cross, I still am, you know, but but in a way it was kind of quite easy. It was going to be an amazing commercial location. You know, they sorted out the transport, which That's we true. did after the Olympics and and you know from that point of view, yeah, we wanted to try and design nice buildings and you know, environments and stuff like that. But but Canada Water I think, you know, has has got bigger issues for society and you know and, and I think that is is, is a huge privilege and, and opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well I I wish you well with it. I, I love talking to you about this. I think there's so much to learn and I particularly love the way that getting people involved is fundamental to this methodology, which I think is is thrilling and will make for better cities. So thank you so much, Roger. It's a delight to speak to you. Uh, let's do it
1: Congratulations. next Congratulations. over a drink. Keep up the good work.
0: Keep coming up with ideas. Thank you for listening to the Free Thinking Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Roger. Now, next week, we have City Maker, Brand Builder, Storyteller Extraordinaire, Amal Hazelton from Moment Factory. From a Super Bowl show to a storytelling airport, these are the pioneers of the programmable place at a super scale. Now, do subscribe so you know when the next episodes are and do leave us a comment so we can get better and better. I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.